Next on BYU Sports Nation, inside BYU football debuts and with some can't-miss moments. Like how T. John Caroma says he's the key to beat Nebraska. Nebraska head coach Mike Riley joins us live from Lincoln. What sticks out to him about BYU and what kind of pressure is he under to win right away? Plus, BYU men's volleyball head coach Sean Olmstead in Studio B. It's a schedule release party. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, September 2nd, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton, and I am teamed up with an original Thug Mormon, Jerem Jordan. What's up, my brother? Okay, a thing happened this morning, and it's happening that is fantastic. Okay, a guy named Mike Welch, at the Real Mike, or at Real Mike Welch, radio show host in Lincoln. We can sympathize with such things. Uh, on 937 The Ticket, he tweeted about BYU. He said, if you're going to be a religious school with a football team full of thugs... You have to be willing to accept the backlash. Well, that started a hashtag Thug Mormons on Twitter that has been hilarious. <laughs> it's not meant to be offended. It's meant to, you know, everyone's laughing at it. I tweeted out a, a picture of Porter Rockwell. On a wanted poster. F- famous, uh, you know, Mormon pioneer. Uh, Dan <laughs> Smith from the East-West Canfield K- All-Stars. The famous picture of Brian Keel and David Nixon posing. In the uh, indoor practice facility. It's been a really fun hashtag. Check it out. In Salt Lake, it's the number four hashtag right now. now hashtag here, here's the great Mormons. thing about all of this. Okay? So That's at, why I go top button, by the way. At Real Mike Welch. Then deletes the tweet. Okay? Because of all of Because his boss made him. Yeah, his boss made him delete it. You, then you he says, it. your fan base won. I was made to delete all of it. Actually, a very impressive Twitter mob by you guys. <laughs> We felt the other end of that, and it's not fun. But <laughs> hashtag Thug Mormons is really funny. Now, not all of BYU's football team are Mormon, okay? Nor are they all thugs. Come on. So that, he deleted it, and he should have, right? That's a, that comment's a joke. But it's just really funny to see who's tweeting out about it. The, the picture of the uh, basketball team doing the lip sync, like, Thug Mormons? Give me a break, man. Hey, by the way, happy college football eve, yeah! everyone! Woo! 19 games tomorrow. Five different BYU opponents play on Thursday, including Michigan at Utah. Utah that might State. be watched a lot. I'm not sure. Utah State hosts Southern Utah. Good luck finding that on TV. Yeah. You won't. That's the rare 2015 game that's not on television. Connecticut, San Jose State, Fresno State all play tomorrow. So BYU I won't be fans, watching any of those except for Michigan, Utah, and TC Minnesota. Scout what you will. Well, you might watch some of the – because some of those games are later than Michigan-Utah. No. I won't you know, you're be not going to do it? watching Connecticut, no. You won't be watching, won't be watching the Spartans of San Jose State? Uh, hey, back-to-back Mountain West, West Division champs. Fresno State. Sorry, Fresno State. Don't that, forget, man. That is correct. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Salt Lake Tribune reports junior cornerback at BYU Michael Davis faces assault and rioting charges in Provo's 4th District Court. BYU Sports Information Director Brett Pine said, quote, we are aware of the citation and it has been addressed by the university, end quote. Women's soccer is now number nine in the NSCAA poll. BYU plays Utah Friday, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Twelve former BYU players made it through NFL roster cuts 
after those were taken down to 75 players, Jordan Leslie, Devin Mahina, and Robertson Daniel, not so fortunate. They were cut. Cross country is the preseason champs, if there's such a thing, on the men and women's side in the West Coast Conference. Picked to win the league. Three ladies on the preseason teams and six dudes as well. Also, the national preseason polls are out. The men are number 14, the women number 26. They have a top 30 there? I guess so. It doesn't matter. (laughs) What does matter? Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. But I'm tired of other people telling our story and it not being right. I don't want anyone else telling our story because they don't know our story. How would they know if they haven't been in here? Inside BYU football last night, BYU TV began a new unprecedented venture. Inside BYU football starring Bronco Mendenhall, the head coach of BYU, and his 2015 BYU football Cougars. Let's go to our very early Twitter question. What was your favorite moment from inside BYU football? If you haven't seen it, check it out. I've, I've tweeted the link out. It's also on uh, BYUtv.org slash DVR. What, what was your favorite moment? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Uh, you, know, you know what I loved was just the access that hadn't been seen by the fans ever before. Now, BYU's answered the bell. Obviously, there are other shows out there, that, but not every team in the country. In fact, no other team in the country, maybe Texas does a show, I don't know, does their own version of this. So it was great to take you inside the meeting rooms, the offices, the practice field. It was great. The intimate angles on the practice field, like up-close conversations between players and coaches. I just, I don't know, I really enjoyed seeing BYU football from an angle that I have never watched it. And we're there, we're at practice a lot, but we're not that close. We're never that close. Yeah. Hashtag BYUSN, weigh in on this Twitter question. What was your favorite moment from inside BYU football last night? Uh, the show captures BYU football in the moment. As I mentioned, those real conversations, the real access. There were some emotional moments behind closed doors in the team room that really gave me chills. Okay, the, the, I'm a media member, but the fan in me, the graduate of BYU, really appreciated uh, three emotional moments, Spencer. When the team sang the fight song together, okay? That's the anthem. That's the beat, baby. It happened twice last night on the show. Which was great. I really loved it. Derwin Gray's speech. Oh, my goodness. If you, haven't, you have to watch the show if you haven't seen it. Derwin Gray, cornerback in the 90s, fantastic player. He uh, said something to the degree of, and we had heard about this, but uh, write your paragraph in the story of BYU football. But he's saying it incredibly uh, passionately. It was amazing. Make them remember that they played B. Why you? I mean, he's, he's spitting fire uh, emotionally. It was great. And then Guy Holiday, he talked about LDS and non-LDS, uh, you know, players on the team. And it he had does a it. list of stars yeah. on I, two sides. And he said, you know, none of that matters. The helmet unites us. He, this unites us. Yeah, Held maybe Tom Homo's in Very here. Cool. He, was, he wasn't a Mormon when he came to BYU. Ty Detmer, Robbie Bosco, same thing, you know. And it, doesn't, it really doesn't matter if you're LDS or not. If you come to BYU, you know you're playing for something bigger than just a football game. Some great emotional moments that otherwise we would not know about. That was great. And then there was other stuff that I enjoyed as well that wasn't you know, so emotional. It was a, a little more, okay, what actually goes on? A Johnny Linehan just sitting there by himself in the punches room was <laughs> hilarious. Robert and I, I thought this was a very telling statement from the BYU offensive coordinator. Quote, this year we are by far where we should be as a BYU offense. That, in comparison to the previous two years, 
with Taysom Hill at the quarterback. Isn't that interesting? Okay, that kind of honesty doesn't come out in an interview. That comes out in Inside BYU Football. Thus, the access takes you in there. You see something that you wouldn't have seen any, anywhere. That means that they think internally, and we know this from conversations, that they're going to be stinking good, really good on offense, and that they're going to carry the team to win. And that's been my opinion. The BYU offense will win, win or lose games for BYU this year. The defense will keep them in it. Starting with the quarterback, Taysom Hill, who has been affectionately dubbed Thor by former BYU defensive back Derwin Gray. <laughs> Captain America, Thor, pick your choice. And then there's the center, T. John Karoma. Hulk? Yeah, is he Hulk? Okay. Oh, so yeah. T. John, he said something that I was like, whoa, okay. He looks at himself as kind of the linchpin, taking the onus upon himself against Nebraska. Listen to this. So when it comes to working for Nebraska, it's, uh, it's going really well. We're excited about it. We already started watching film. I feel personally, honestly, I think that my performance can really determine the game because their defense, their strength is in their defensive tackles by far. Those are the best players. I feel like I can win the game with my performance. See the next episode of Inside BYU Football next Tuesday, 7.30 Eastern on BYU TV, recapping that first game against Nebraska. A note on that real quick. It's not hard knocks where it ends after fall camp. It goes all season. The whole season. Isn't that going to be great? And T. John Karoma is the leader on this team now. He's the leader of the offense. Yesterday, Blaine Fowler said, uh, you know, the importance of the center uh, in relation to having that nasty edge, right? So Nebraska, and he, and he said it, the best part of their defense are the defensive tackles. They were, uh, defensive line. They run a 4-3, they've got, and they've got some good players on that line. The BYU O-line is going to have to bring it to win this game. I believe his specific quote was, we need an idiot. We need a couple of idiots. And we've got, he says, we've got a couple of idiots. By that, by that he meant guys that are nasty, right? Absolutely. Without 15-yard penalties. Bronco Mendenhall, in, inside last night, 73% of drives where there's a 15-yard penalty on the defense result in a touchdown. Interesting. Now, there are some of you saying, wait, does this mean T. John is playing against Nebraska? You know, we're not, we're not going to go there. We'll find out on Saturday. That's what he told the media yesterday. You going to play T. John? Guess we'll find out on Saturday. Seems pretty clear from what he said. Absolutely it does. So, T. John versus the Nebraska defensive line. What is the Nebraska defensive line? Why is he saying, I feel like my performance can win the game? It's because he feels like their D line is where they think that they can win the game. And that starts with Malik Collins, who is, according to Athlon Sports, a preseason All-American and a preseason All-Big Ten first-teamer. He's a defensive tackle. He's going to be lined in the uh, you know A-gap there over, over Tijon. Uh, Tijon's going to be blocking this guy most or all of the game. So it starts right there. There are other dudes as well. Vincent Valentine uh, had three sacks last year. Greg McMullen, four sacks, nine tackles for loss. They, they have a good defensive line. The linebackers are not the strength. The secondary has a couple of new guys. Nate Gary is a new safety there. But that's where BYU can win this game. BYU's offense is greater than Nebraska's defense, in my opinion. Nebraska's defense was a top 50 defense last year. BYU's offense, even with Christian Stewart, was top 25 in yards, points, all that, okay? So BYU should go into Nebraska and score some points. You said first to 24 wins. I, uh, I tend to agree with that. Absolutely. But... As much as BYU wants to pass the ball, and I think there is going to be a lot of it from Taysom Hill because he's more confident in his arm and his receivers than ever. You've got to have time to throw. They still have to establish some semblance yes. of a running game, and that 
is where Nebraska's star comes into play again, Malik Collins. That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Malik Collins recorded 14 tackles for loss in 2014. 14? Neutralize this guy. Okay, remember last year BYU played Texas and Malcolm Brown was the big dude, okay? Malcolm Brown is a similar... That that situation is similar to what you're going to see with Malik Collins, okay? And in that game, BYU gave up six sacks, and somehow it didn't matter. It was one of those rare games where the other team got in the backfield a lot, but it ended up, ended up not mattering. And I'm trying to find uh, Brown's stats from last year. He had ten tackles, uh, two and a half sacks, a forced fumble. BYU did not neutralize that guy, but it didn't matter. Can BYU do what they did against Texas against Nebraska? I would be surprised. That's one of the better performances on the road. BYU BYU's still ran the history. ball against Texas, though. Oh, yeah. They still ran the ball. So that one dude did stuff, but it didn't cost the Cougars. Malik, it starts with Malik Collins on defense. How much will BYU run the ball against Nebraska? Just one of the many questions that we have in our minds as we get one day closer. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. Three days away. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. What was your favorite moment from inside BYU football? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Aaron Case. When the players got psyched, when practice got canceled, and it all started with them singing the fight song. Something you referenced. Coming up, head coach of Nebraska, Mike Riley. But first, it's Brian Logan on the BYU secondary. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation happening right this second on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. This Friday, we'll be live from the BYU Store at noon Eastern time. Regular show, different place. Uh, check it out. You can come hang out with us if you want to see the show in person. Uh, also, if you're, if you're not local, you can still win swag by t- participating on Twitter. The BYU store is going to be handing out some goodies, so check that out Friday. Our Twitter question today, what was your favorite moment from the worldwide debut of Inside BYU Football at Crazy Coog Fanatic tweeting in? For sure, the ribbing between Coach Guy Holiday and Squally Canada. <laughs> that was good. Now, and Squally, Guy, Squally and Guy called him Mr. Mr. Potato, also called him a corn dog. He said, you look like one of those hot dogs cooking uh, at, at 7-Eleven. <laughs> yeah, and then and then uh, a guy said a comment I don't want to say in the air, to be honest. You just have to watch it for yourself. <laughs> At Shamo says, the lonely punter room. Hashtag punters are people. Do you remember the Adam Sandler song, Lonesome Kicker? Is that, is that the punter version for Johnny Linehan? Is that, is that his be? theme this year? Lonesome punter. <laughs> I loved that song in the 90s, man. That was great. Really good stuff. Hey, Joy- if I'm Rhett Almond, where I'm like, hey, I'm a punter too. Yeah, there are. Why two wasn't of us. he there in the room? With- could- Where's Rhett? Was Johnny like, hey, I'll be in the room in like five minutes, just me. Get a shot of come me. and get a shot of me. <laughs> Johnny had a nice appearance on the first episode. That he's, is, uh, he's not sure. camera shy. He's he's one of the favorites. Joining us now to help make BYU Sports Nation that much better is a man who knows about the punter room. Well, kind of. He probably pokes fun at it. Brian Logan, former BYU defensive back and our good friend here at BYU Sports Nation. Brian, what was your favorite moment from inside BYU football? Oh, favorite moment. Um, I would have to say uh, all of it. (laughs) No, um, I I would probably have to say uh, the clown session with – uh, with Coach Holiday as well. 
it's, it's, it's absolutely comical. It, it reminds me every time I'm there with Coach Holiday and Brandon Bradley, uh, who's no longer with the program uh, when he was a GA, uh, and, and how we would always clown Brandon and how he was a grandpa and how he was slow and how he, was, you know, he didn't have any records and how that's why – that's why, uh, you know, uh, people will look at Brandon and look at me and then throw to his side. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's comical on how, you know, he always uh, kind of just submitted to his wife and was like, he did whatever his wife said. And uh, it, 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 he's just so funny that uh, I'm happy that people were able to, to see that side of things. Brian Logan joining us via the Deseret First Credit Union hotline on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Brian. Jeremy and I have had a lot of concerns about the secondary, so we're going to shift our attention into that specific category of the BYU defense. And, and obviously, Jordan Prater being the backup free safety, uh, you know, uh, Kai Nakua threw a sucker punch in Miami. There's going to be some consequences, you'd think, uh, in, in the opener. We don't know anything quite yet. Uh, but what role will Jordan Prater play in the game, in your opinion, on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, if, if there is a, a situation like that, um, that that occurs where where a safety um, isn't going to be playing, uh, you you'd have to assume that a guy like Jordan Prater is is, is going to have to step up and fill that role. Um, you know, you you look at uh, the last few weeks of camp and how uh, they were doing some uh, quote unquote cross trainings, right, uh, to prepare uh, you know the the entire secondary for playing multiple positions. Um, and, and when, when you, you know, hear some of the things that the coaching staff has said and even some of the players about Jordan Prater at the safety position, I mean, they're very high on him. And, uh, you know, this is a kid that played in high school, so he understands the position. He understands the feel of, of, of being a safety and how to direct guys. Um, I know that he was very, very smart. Uh, I was really impressed with him last year uh, coming into fall camp and just how he's he, he, he's so up to speed with technique, and he was doing things that I wasn't able to do until my senior year of college at BYU. He was doing that, you know, coming off of uh, off of a mission um, or his redshirt year. So um, uh, I, I would have all the faith in, in Jordan uh, playing that that safety position. But if not, I mean, you you, you look at what uh, he's able to do uh, at the cornerback position. He's had a lot of experience last year with that in, in some game reps and some good plays. So. I mean, you, 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 at the end of the day, you want him to be in your starting four. When you look at the cornerbacks for BYU, as a former corner, what do you think of Micah Hanneman, newcomer, and Michael Davis? Well, you know, I, I've said this, uh, what, last year uh, when, or two years ago when they started to make that switch for, for Michael Davis to corner that, you know, I really believe in my heart that he was going to be the best corner that is going to come out of the BYU program in the Bronco Mendenhall era. And you look at all of his his tool set. Yeah, go back, man. I I think I said it on Countdown, dude. Go back. You're the producer of that show. Go back to the archives and review it and play it. Because that's what I said. So I want some credit when that does happen. But when you look at all of his skill set and and his tools, he has the height. But not only does he have the height, he has the length. He has the speed. I mean, this is a, a, a kid, a track guy. Um, and then you look at what he's done this all season. He's gained 10 pounds, so now he can be a little bit more physical. Uh, you know, he could be a little bit more stout when it comes to getting off run blocks um, and boxing out these bigger receivers uh, that are, you know, 6'3", 6'4", 200, 215 pounds that he's going to go up against. 
uh, you know, especially with his schedule. So he has all the tools that he needs to be successful. It was really just having the light bulb go off in his head, that aha moment. And that's very hard uh, when you have played offense your entire life and even in college and you're making that transition. So it really just depends on how fast he uh, could, could, could really – uh, you know, acclimate to that position. And I think that's what he did this fall camp. Uh, and then when you look at, at Micah, I mean, Micah's just a stud, right? He, he's just an athlete. I think he can play any position on the field, even safety. Um, and, and, and field corner, you, you definitely want to have your best athlete on that, on that side of the ball. Uh, you're, you're in space, you're by yourself, you get zero, zero help. So, you know, you got to do anything possible to, to be successful uh, which is why you want your most your, your more athletic kids, and I think he is one of the more athletic guys, uh, not only in secondary but on the defense. So I, I have no concerns, man. I, I mean, if <laughs> I've been saying I've been talking smack the whole these last few weeks that they're going to be fine, everybody has all these issues, but I would be surprised, man. I would curl up and cry if the secondary gets torched on Saturday. Brian Logan joining us on BYU Sports Nation. Follow him on the Twitter machine at Brian Logan Seven. When you look at last year's defense, Brian, compared to what you anticipate you will see BYU do against Nebraska in their opener on Saturday, where do you think the immediate visual difference will come from the BYU defense in terms of improvement? Oh, I would say uh, the speed of the game and, and, and the speed from the players. I, I think that you'll see guys flying around and at the snap of the ball rather than kind of just floating and, and, and really not knowing where to go and what to do. And you could even, you know, for, for the fans, even really start to focus on the, the, the pre-snap, you know, when, when uh, Nebraska comes out of the huddle and guys start looking around. Look for, for guys to make uh, uh, checks, you know, almost, almost instantly. Whereas last year, you know, you kind of had guys kind of looking around and saying, hey, what do we do? What do you want to do? You know, free safety or, you know, middle linebacker, what, what should we do here? What, what play do you want to run? Um, and so look for that to be, you know, for, for guys to start barking immediately, uh, come, uh, you know, guys coming out of uh, Nebraska coming out of the huddle. Uh, and then a snap of the ball, guys flying to, to their assignment because these guys know what they're doing. Uh, yeah, they've had some experience in game reps last year, but, uh, you know, with Coach Mendenhall and how he's able to, to really teach the scheme, you know, these guys, these kids have taken a whole other level in their duties and their responsibilities. So I would say just overall faster play, uh, and then probably physically would be the last thing, the, the, the physicalness of the play, um, you know, guys knocking, knocking each other over. Uh, you know, we saw it all throughout camp and why I, I believe the defense uh, was, was prosperous over the offense is, is just them being a little bit more physical. And, again, that's what you get with the Coach Menhall mentality because he's crazy himself. Let's talk about maybe biggest surprise, in your opinion, that's going to come out of uh, the game Saturday on defense from an individual. Um, I would probably say, and this is probably more for, for me, um, but I would say Bronson Kapusi. Um, you know, I know a, a lot of uh, scouts are high on him, and, and he's probably uh, projected to be the only draft pick for BYU this year, and, and you look at uh, his ability and his potential uh, as far as height, weight, speed, athleticism. He has everything, you know, he needs to play at the next level. But for me personally, I haven't really seen just that, that bark, that fight, that intensity, um, you know, him just really dominating a game and a game against a, a P5 school. 
uh, where it's multiple sacks, you know, multiple tackle for losses, maybe even some pass breakups, you know, just, just disrupting the entire flow uh, of, of an offense and ending drives and, and being that impact player that we all know that he can be. Um, but I think you'll see that, uh, you know, against Nebraska on Saturday. Uh, this is an offensive line that um, doesn't have a lot of returners coming back. Um, and so, uh, they, you know, during camp, they're, they're still trying to rotate, uh, you know, eight to ten guys, uh, two or three guys coming back that are starters that have some experience. Uh, and then most importantly, you have a, a whole new scheme, right? We don't know exactly what we're going to see yet, uh, but now it's time for these kids to, uh, to, to, to put it on the field without their coaches behind them, right? In fall camp, it's very easy because you have coaches in your ear. You can call timeout whenever you want. You know, if you mess up, oh well. Uh, but but you can't. There is no more resets or do-overs uh, when it's a game time situation. And so I think Bronson will be able to to take advantage of the the lack of experience, uh, game experience, and the lack of knowledge that these offensive linemen are going to be in uh, this scheme. Former defensive back at BYU, Brian Logan on BYU Sports Nation. Brian, is it too much to ask this BYU defense? to uphold that 24-point standard the Bronco Mendenhall has implemented into the program against a team like Nebraska or against any of the teams they face in September, for that matter? Heck no, man. That's the standard. i got to live up to it. they got to live up to it. Shoot. <laughs> and then, uh, people, people before me have to live up to it. That's, just, that's what it is. That's, that's the formula for success. you got to hold them up to, to 24. And I'm hoping that they hold them under 14, you know, because that 14? is a uh, – that is a uh, little bit of a tease of, uh, you know, what we'll be talking about this Saturday countdown to kickoff. So, uh, yeah, and I made my prediction with, uh, with, with AFR last night that, that they'll hold them under 14. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, not only am I hoping that they hold them under 24 because we know, the, you know, the, the, the winning percentage when a BYU defense does that, uh, but also for myself <laughs> and trying to, trying to win – uh, the, the the competition, the prediction competition on AFR. So hopefully these guys can can help me out. But the, the main reason why I say that is because you have Coach Mendenhall first and foremost, right? And and how much of a genius he is. But you look at some of the issues that, uh, that Nebraska should be facing. Again, they're they they are still getting used to the scheme and the flow of things. It's the first game, so you got to expect penalties um, and, and guys really not knowing what to do. Um, you know, uh, offensively. Uh, they, they have a, a scheme. This is what we think, uh, that, that they'll implement Mike Riley's scheme, a, a pro-style offense, but you have more spread option uh, running type of guys. And so, you know, that, uh, you know, that, that just doesn't really mesh well. It, you know, you can't it, – it's a peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich. That's just disgusting. That That's doesn't just work. gross, man. It it, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. You know, he needs – he needs peanut butter and jelly, and he doesn't have that. So I, I think that's where you'll see a little bit of a, the lower points there for, uh, for this defense. Brian, great stuff. Football just three days away, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. See you soon. Brian Logan on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. My biggest issue with that entire interview, we had five beeps. Beeps. A five beeps. Has he been listening to Blaine Logan. Fowler interviews? What the heck happened, man? He's got some things to shore up <laughs> before game day, right? He is not. He is not in midseason four, man. Let's go. <laughs> the content was great. Up next, the head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, Mike Riley, joins us on BYU Sports Nation.
Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Women's soccer plays Utah Friday, 9 Eastern time, live on BYU TV. Enough said. The Cougars ranked number nine. Big game. And then BYU plays at Stanford, who's number two now, maybe number one next week on Monday. So BYU with an opportunity to go 4-0 as the ninth-ranked team in the country before they go to Palo Alto and take on one of the national championship favorites, the Pac-12 favorite, Stanford. Could be a top-10 matchup. Huge. But it starts Friday against the Utes. Joining BYU Sports Nation now, our good friend, the man who made the Olmstead tourney stash. <laughs> it's not on his face right now, but no. we hope at some point it will be back. Sean Olmstead, head coach of now BYU Men's Volleyball. Sean, welcome back, man. Thanks, guys. It's uh, always, always a pleasure and highlight of my day, week, month, uh, whatever, whatever, anytime. I was looking for neon oh, in your gear. Come on, man. Shoes? Shoes today. Yeah. Looks good. Okay. I like that hat. I'm gonna ask you, have to ask you where you got that. Uh, this is a, this was a private private collection. I've been asked. I've been stopped in many stores. Yeah. Uh, it was a it was a private collection for a, a private group that went to a football game. I think it was it was a big game. It might have been last year, and it was one of those elite mm-hmm. group that get a plane together and they get these hats and gear, and so luckily uh, it filtered down to me. Thanks for the invite. You're in the the inner circle. (laughs) I wasn't on the plane, but I guess I was in the inner circle that I got a hat from the plane. Get the scraps, man. (laughs) So it's a schedule release party, Sean. 26 regular season matches, and my eyes went right to the tournament that BYU was hosting at one of the premier venues in college volleyball, the Smith Fieldhouse, where you host Perennial Power Loyola. Yes. January 8th, Friday, you open the season, right? We will open the season. With the back-to-back national champion. With back-to-back national champion Loyola. Yep. How did you line that up? Uh, you know, honestly, I got to give Chris McGowan the credit. He lined that up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to sit here and say I did a great job. Yeah, it's all me, you know, Chris and, and uh, Rob did an outstanding job. It's, I looked at the schedule. Um, we did move a couple things around, but not too many. And... Uh, it worked out that this is a wonderful showcase, and uh, we're, I mean, to open up here in Provo with a team like that, I mean, that's big time. And it's just the volleyball fans that in this community uh, should be chomping at the bit for that, for that matchup. And it's, it's right at the start of the next semester. It's going to be a blast, and you guys are well uh, aware of the Smithfield House. It's going to be rocking. Can't wait. Friday, January 8th, the, the, arguably the biggest match of the season. I mean, you'll get into the uh, Mountain Pacific Sports Federation play, and I noticed 12 home matches, Loyola, George Mason, then a pair with Stanford, Santa Barbara, Northridge, Pepperdine and USC uh, harder uh, home matches in conference or road to you. You know, ooh, I remember when I was a player. You could uh, there was a year where we felt like okay, this is the hard year, this is the tough year. The reality is the conference has changed quite a bit since that time. Um, there was some teams, and, and I won't go out there and name names because I don't think it's right to say, you know, we felt like we could just roll through them. And now those teams are really, really the top teams in, 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 our, in our conference. So I don't know if I could predict that just yet, but uh, no matter what, you know the MPSF. Every single match, these guys are going to get challenged. And so I like that. I like the competitiveness of it. It's exciting. Uh, it, it was, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful to, to coach in this conference is, is uh, it's what you want to do. That's what you go coach for. 
We saw some guys uh, make some waves on the international level uh-huh. with uh, some of the Team USA squads. Jake Langlois, Ben Patch, notably. Ben's coming back off of a mission. This is the first time he'll play since he had that phenomenal freshman year. Mm-hmm. How much of a difference will Ben make on this team that was already pretty good last year? You know, it, it's not just Ben. You know, Ben's got, you know, Ben and Jake did a wonderful job working all summer, but I believe that the entire team did. And, and you know, the entire team was, there was an outstanding, there was a good group of guys that were here every day um, that stayed here, took classes. There were some kids that went and did internships, but all of them were working out and, 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 and getting stronger and doing their best, uh, you know, feeling that, hey, this is a great opportunity to, to be a part of a team that returns some outstanding athletes, adds adds some other uh, wonderful pieces. And so in, in reality, it's a great collective effort, in my opinion. And um, but, you know, it's nice to it's nice to bring those kids off the mission. And it was nice that Ben got to go have that experience at USA. That's high level volleyball. Jake had it as well. I was I was able to go watch them a couple t- different opportunities, compete and practice. So that was fun in the, over the summer when you get to uh, go support your athletes in those those things. You just hired uh, your second assistant coach, Jalen Reyes. What went yeah. into that decision to hire the four year starter at Libero? Yeah, you know that kid. Um, I'll always hold it above him that I don't think he ever beat me in digs. So that's kind of a good. That's kind of a, that's kind of a good thing um, in Two terms, of, on in terms of the season. But. Uh, you know, what impressed me with him is not a day went by that that kid didn't come into the gym because we would overlap. So right now we're actually the men's are pra- the men's team is practicing 12 to three. The women go three to six. So in years past, I was three to six. And every single day that kid would come in and say, hey, coach, are, are you using that second court? We have three courts in there. And uh, at the end of practice, we get down to the main court and do some real competition stuff. And every day he was in there an hour before. Every day he was staying after. And so that work ethic, you know, um, the fact that he comes from a volleyball family, his dad's a coach, he understands what's what's asked of him. He understands uh, whatever coaches want to call it, the lifestyle, but um, he understands it. And he's just a volleyball nut. You know, one of the coaches on the staff uh, last year told me that uh, that kid alone watched more film last year than our entire team did you know you know individually and collectively he did it himself he was in there every you know a senior he had some easier classes uh he was just in there day and night doing film just hanging around upstairs and so i like that that stood out but the him you know he's connected in a volleyball group that's small and tight-knit and we need to continue our uh, you know our recruiting efforts sean we wish you the best of luck BYU Volleyball announces the schedule, as we just mentioned. They open against back-to-back national champ Loyola in Provo, followed by a home match against George Mason. We cannot wait. We can't either. Good Let's stuff, man. Thanks yeah. for being here. Thank you, guys. Sean Olmstead back in Studio B. Our Twitter question today, going back to football now, what was your favorite moment from inside BYU football at Dr. Steve Best said, I love Broncos intro. I don't want someone else telling our story because they don't know our story. Hashtag this is why. Up next, the head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, Mike Riley, joins BYU Sports Nation. What's been the toughest part about his transition from Oregon State to Lincoln? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan doing it live in Studio B. This Saturday, countdown to kickoff the live pregame show is on BYU TV at 2.30 Eastern Time. We'll be, we will be live from Lincoln and Provo. Check it out Saturday, 2.30 Eastern Time.
We go back to the Deseret First Credit Union hotline now for our next guest, the head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, Mike Riley. Coach, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. It's good to be on. And we're glad to have you with us. So uh, we want to start with this. What was your first thought when you realized that your friend Bronco Mendenhall and BYU would be your first opponent as the head coach at Nebraska? Uh, I thought, oh boy, here we go. We're, <laughs> we, uh, we are jumping right into the fire with this one. There's no doubt about it. So uh, that, that was my first thought when I saw that. Coach, when you look, uh, fall camp's over, specific preparations for BYU have begun. Uh, what do you feel like you know about your team? Well, that's been our kind of our biggest project since we, since we got here, actually, after hiring the staff. That was, you know, on, on all levels, you know, who, who are these guys and, and kind of the development of uh, the player-coach relationship. It was, it was weird for me starting over after having been at Oregon State for – 12 straight years, but uh, that is both uh, very important to do and, and uh, also fun to do. You know, it's just getting to know a bunch of new people. So, uh, you know, we had to know about them uh, also on the football field and, and how to best utilize their skills and fit into what we wanted to do uh, with the football part of it. Mike Riley, the head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, what's been the biggest challenge of implementing a very successful pro-style offense you had at Oregon State with the personnel now that you have at Nebraska, guys you didn't necessarily recruit. Well, the the probably it's been good for us, but probably the you know just looking at uh, particularly the the quarterback skill set, uh, you know it's it's like okay here's here's what we've been and done and. What do we need to continue here, and what fits, and then what fits with the quarterback, and what can what can we do with him? So it's made us open up our minds a little bit and look into some other stuff, and and uh, that that is another one of those things that's uh, challenging, but also you know in the football world it's kind of fun to delve into something uh, a little bit different, and then the rest of it. Uh, wasn't too hard. It's a good core of receivers that are here, and and uh, offensive line, a lot of returners there, and and a, a good crew of tailbacks. So the quarterback skill set's probably the most intriguing part of all that transition. After seven straight seasons, and obviously tradition at Nebraska, a lot of you know people expect to win and win right away. So what kind of challenge is that for you, and maybe expectation on your shoulders in year one? Well, there's no doubt there's tremendous expectations here. You know, the, this place is, you know, uh, historically a championship team, conference championships all over the walls everywhere, and national championship trophies. So, you know, the expectations are high. And, and uh, you know, you don't, you don't come to a place like this without, you know, understanding that. And what I tell people all the time, though, is that I think, I think coaches are the ones that put the – highest expectations on themselves and how they want to do so you know that's that part of it uh, we we always feel that uh, that kind of anxiousness and and uh, all those parts that really lead you into doing your very best job for the kids in preparation yeah i've heard bronco mendenhall reference that very thing uh, more than a few times during interviews with him as you look at your three previous meetings with byu all when you were the head coach at oregon state 
What can you take away from those, or what do you take away from those, rather, as you prepare mm-hmm. now as the head coach at Nebraska? Well, one thing I've already told our team, this will be a well-prepared, physical, hard-playing football team that they know exactly what they're doing. They have a style about them uh, that uh, I think is great to see in a football program because they've built it through many years. I have, I really not only admire the work that he does, but I really like Bronco. I think he's a great guy for college football, and I'm proud to have known him for a long time, served on a board of trustees with the AFCA with him. So um, I, I just think he's good for college football, does a great job with the program, and they have, and like I said, an identity that uh, is established, can only be established over a long period of time. Coach, in 2012, you would have played against a freshman Taysom Hill if he weren't injured, but who, uh-huh. who pops uh, on film, and what do you think of Taysom Hill? Well, he's a unique individual. He's one of those guys that, uh, you know, I don't even know if versatility describes it well enough. It sounds understated, but he's just a really good football player that uh, um, you, you've got to find a way to account for him because he affects the game in so many ways. Mike Riley with us on BYU Sports Nation, the head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, three days away from kicking off the season at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. Speaking of Lincoln, Coach, what's been the biggest difference between Corvallis and now the Midwest and Lincoln, Nebraska? There's a big difference in January, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, I think that uh, there's almost more similarities than differences uh, as far as this, the, the place. You know, I think you're talking about two great college towns, which it's fun to be a part of and be in, a, be, be in an environment like that, which I've really enjoyed. And, and uh, you know, relatively the same size schools. And, and uh, you know, that, that part of it has been just pretty easy, I suppose, is the best way to say it. Although... Here you can't, I can't live quite close enough to ride a bike to work, which is which is a little <laughs> bit of a change for That's me. Right. But, but uh, no, it's a gr- it's a great place, and I'm proud to have been at a great place for a long time. So for me, it's all good, and uh, I'm just thankful for the opportunities and for my wife and I. This is like one one more great adventure in our tour, and we've loved it all. What part or parts of your team give you the greatest confidence that you will win on Saturday versus BYU? Well, I feel good about our lines, which is a comforting place to look. You know, I think that uh, uh, that's uh, we have pretty good depth in both lines, and like I said, that's that if that can be a stable part for you through the year, that that really helps. And and then there's a which we'll need to have because uh, this is going to be a great challenge for him, but a pretty experienced secondary that has to play real smart against this team. If BYU fans were to look at Nebraska, who are some of the names they should pay attention to? We've mentioned Malik Collins, but is there anybody else that BYU fans are going to become well acquainted with on Saturday? Well, I think his partner up front, Vince Valentine, is a really, really good football player. The two defensive tackles are definitely strengths for us, and and I, I think that uh, a guy that has played a little before and I've been impressed with since we got here is Josh Banderas at middle linebacker. And offensively, you know, it's a, uh, it's a mixed bag of people I think you should look at. I really I like our quarterback, Tommy Armstrong, is a, 
he's a real football player, very competitive, love coaching him because he's just like a sponge and he just works at it real hard. And there's a, there's a good group of people around him, including the left tackle, Alex Lewis, who I think is a good player. So those are a few of our names that I think uh, can be mentioned and, and uh, we expect good things from. Coach, a couple of BYU fans have asked me to ask you this, as well as we like asking head coaches, where is the restaurant BYU fans need to hit in Lincoln when they visit this Saturday? Oh, don't put me on that spot because there's too many of them. I've, <laughs> I had to live downtown for a long time, you know, in the transition, and I hit most of them. I just tell them um, they can go downtown or they can go into an area called the Haymarket, and they won't be wrong. Go to the Haymarket, people. Yeah. As heard on BYU Sports Nation from the head coach, Mike Riley of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Coach, we appreciate the time during a very busy week for you, and uh, we look forward to the game on Saturday. Thank you, guys. Good to be on with you. Thanks to Mike Riley for joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Even Keel, man. That's the message I got from him. And I don't know if I would have made him more uncomfortable asking him about what restaurant to go or what trick plays they were going to run. That, he's ready. He's composed. I, now, now I understand just having a conversation with him, more of what you know, former players say about him, which is even keel, composed. Steady as sure she goes, right man. Yeah. And BYU's played three games in a four-year span against Oregon State, so there's some familiarity with Mike Riley. But you have Nebraska's tradition, those people, those fans. It's a different situation. Yeah, hard to compare the Beavers and the Cornhuskers and those There's fan no bases comparison. for sure. No comparison. Up next, the Cougar Whip Around hits on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around football. The Salt Lake Tribune reports junior cornerback Michael Davis faces assault and rioting charges in Provo's 4th District Court. BYU Sports Information Director Brett Pine said, We are aware of the citation and it has been addressed by the university. Soccer. Boot this. BYU women's soccer is now number 9 in the NSCAA poll. A top 10 team. They play Utah Friday at home, 9 Eastern, live on BYU TV. Cougars in the NFL. Twelve former BYU players made it through NFL roster cuts down to 75. Jordan Leslie, Devin Mahina, Robertson Daniel did not. Cross country. Cross country on both the men's and women's side. The preseason West Coast Conference picks to win the league. Three ladies on the preseason team, six guys. Also, the national preseason polls have come out. The men ranked number 14, the women at number 26. Baseball. Jacob Brugman went one for four with two runs and a 4-2 win for the Midland Rockhounds over the San Antonio Missions. The mission trips? The mission trips. <laughs> <laughs> Future guests include Chris Schmidt of HailVarsity.com, Greg Sharp, the Nebraska play-by-play or voice of the Huskers, also Brian Keel, and Nate Austin of BYU Basketball. We do want to mention, if you missed Inside BYU Football last night or you want to watch it again, the next hour, right after our show, uh, at one Eastern time is Inside BYU Football. And it is regularly on Tuesdays at 7.30 Eastern time. Last night was an hour edition, two 30-minute shows. The regular show is 30 minutes every week. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it, Jerem? Mike Welch, the Lincoln Radio host at the top of the show. We mentioned, uh, sent out the tweet mentioning, you know, a team, a religious school, a team full of thugs. Uh, should you know be prepared for the backlash? Well, he got the backlash. Uh, deleted the tweet. Hashtag Thug Mormons became a thing, and that was fun this morning. <laughs> so he gets the rise of shout because I was highly entertained this morning. Yeah, he said very impressive Twitter mob.
Well done, BYU and, Sports and Nation. And here's the thing. I, hope, I, I think it was handled pretty well. We don't need to be negative. We don't need to be mean. Ever. Right? It was funny. It was funny. Let humor and smile rule the day. Okay, I think that was well played by BYU fans. What was your favorite moment from inside BYU football? Before we get to more of your tweets, let's get in the elite tweet of the day. It comes from former BYU football and NFL player Vic Soto. at Soto underscore Vic. He said, don't be led astray. There is no punter room. He was in the inside linebacker room probably during lunch. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Jo- yeah, Johnny Linehan replied to that. Punters work while everyone else eats. Oh, boom. Johnny Rugby, what up? (laughs) He also just tweeted out a Thug Mormons thing straight out of Auckland, New Zealand. We should mention this. uh, Media availability a few moments ago, Jeremiah Leotadouyer said that he will start at inside linebacker. He was uh, the will or weak side linebacker at outside, so he's going to be on the inside. I imagine Saitautu is the will linebacker starter now. So a little bit of a mix-up going into Saturday's game against Nebraska. Now we go officially to the Twitter machine. You got tweets. What was your favorite moment from inside BYU football? It will air in its entirety right after BYU Sports Nation ends today on BYU TV. At Dr. Crocs BYU says, fired up after watching inside BYU football from Tampa. Packed my bags late last night for the Nebraska game. That's what I'm talking about. I think in, Use the hashtag inside BYU when you watch that. A lot of people weighed in and that was on the screen. It was very cool. Very cool experience. I mean, that's just a taste, people. That was just a fall camp show. Just wait for what's going to happen in season. It's a, we, we're going to have an engagement with the 2015 BYU football team like you've never had. At Scott M. Gower, it did seem like there were an unnecessary number of chairs in that punter room. It's because it's the inside, inside linebacker's, linebacker's room. room. Yeah, <laughs> there are two punters on the team. Rhett Allman's like, Johnny, why are you stealing my camera time, dog? <laughs> Great show today. My goodness. Thug Mormons, the head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, Mike Riley. That was great. Schedule Speak- release, Sean Olmstead. Speaking of, thanks to Mike Riley, Brian Logan, and everyone on our crew. And Sean Olmstead. The conversation continues 24 7 on Twitter using the hashtag Thug Mormons. I mean, hashtag BYUSN. Our show on demand, BYUSN.com, the audio podcast available on iTunes. And or the tune-in app for Jeremiah I'm Spencer. Shout out to Cody Raymond, BYU Sports Station, back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. We are three days away from the Cougs and Oscars. Tomorrow's college football, dude. Tomorrow.